Thank you for tuning in to Movie Geeks United. Actor Tom Skerritt has appeared in over 40 feature films, and many of those films rank among the most beloved of the past 50 years. Robert Altman's MASH, Hal Ashby's Harold and Maude, Ridley Scott's Alien, Tony Scott's Top Gun, Robert Redford's A River Runs Through It, and Herbert Ross's Steel Magnolias are just a few of the collaborations he's enjoyed over his long and storied career. In this conversation, which we conducted for our Movie Geek Yearbook series segment on MASH, we chatted with Mr. Skerritt about all this and more. You know, looking over your resume and, and re-watching a lot of your films in the past week, I got to tell you, you worked with two of my all-time favorite directors, Robert Altman and Hal Ashby. Yeah. And I think of yeah. both of those men, and I think those are the two guys that we need making movies today. God, you know, it's hard to say this stuff. It's really inexplicable, you know? It's it, it, just the thing is that Alien and... and uh, well, Bob was a mentor before, and he was just a TV director before he got mashed. So, man, I got all the best. Mm. <laughs> he mm. made the best critters in the in the store. You know, he just he just had something, man. And I, I he was just a TV director I met initially, and I thought, well, let him, I want to write and direct, and this is a guy I can who's invited me to watch, and then he invites me to mentor with him. So. Over a period of years, that happens until he calls me up one day and says, "I'm doing a mo- I got hired to do a movie, Hooper, hooray!" And um, that's the rest is history. But you know, it just uh, and then to go through that process, which the studio hated that film and they wrote it off before it was ever finished. They wanted to fire him and all that, and he's telling me all this stuff and all this approach to making unorthodox material from based on who you are and that's all i've seen and hal ashby had that same thing before he became he was just when i first started mentoring with him he was just uh it was after he did landlord his first movie and then when he was preparing to do hill maud somewhere in the midst of all of this and i was going from hal ashby to, to bob altman pre and post-production Take the risk of possibilities. That's what uh, I learned from both these guys because I know that the studios were not really thrilled with either one of them. You know, for for whatever reason, they were just doing unorthodox stuff. I mean, when they inhaled mud, Al couldn't think of what to shoot. He couldn't. He just didn't. Couldn't cover this these two scenes that he had to do that day, and and that's what he sent back. He <laughs> just sent some clown-like thing that happened during the day that they did a video on and the studio was not happy with that. That was the dailies that they got it was him sitting there trying to figure out how to do it. The light was not good. The, the landscape really wasn't working without the sun. That kind of stuff that happened. Mm-hmm. So he didn't try to do anything. He just said, I just didn't have it today. And that, of course, you know how that works. But here he was, but held Maud in the end. Yeah. When you were doing, I just want to ask about a couple of specific movies, uh, it, starting with, with MASH uh, real quick. Were you, were you aware while you were doing that movie, not only that you were doing something uh, 
different because I'm thinking about the overlapping dialogue and the unusual structure and setting of the film, but also that you're doing something slightly uh, dangerous. Absolutely, both dangerous and that we had we had something really worthwhile, and, and I was only aware of that because of my experiences with Bob Altman. I mean, what he said, the way he did it, his um, his moments when he would, um, you know, be a little rough and how he dealt with people and so on and so forth. All that reality, all that entity that he had in terms of who he was and how he approached it. So that was very much in, that was all I knew. I didn't have any other frame of reference but mm. this guy. So when he started doing this stuff, it just somehow came to me and, and I didn't know quite. He was shooting. He certainly was an unorthodox approach to filmmaking, but I saw it really as his chess game. And I'm not a big chess player, but I know a good chess player when I see it. And this is one of those guys. I said, he's just making some moves that I can't explain either. Two weeks before we finished the film, I said to him, I said, we got something, we got something here that I can't explain, but it's something very, very special, Bob. And he said, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. And I said, I, uh, I went on to say, I bet they're going to make a series of this in two years. And I said, for the life of me, I can't imagine what that would be given what I knew that he would be turning out. Yeah. And sure enough, uh, he, he asked me if I would do it. And I said, I just, I'm so entrenched in what we're doing together here that I couldn't consider doing a series. So, that well, was, it, yeah. it, and it's just, it's a, it's an approach to filmmaking that I adore because I think today as complicated as many of the studio movies are, you have to pre-plan so much and you feel like you've made the movie before you've made the movie. But I remember uh, an interview years ago with Altman and they were asking him about his upcoming movie that he was about to shoot. And they said, what is it about? And he said, I don't know. I haven't made it yet. There's there's the the spontaneity of dis, of discovering while you're doing it, but I just love. Uh, yeah, I think that's a lot of what I feel about what I do. Is I don't know. So how are you going to act it? Uh, a, a director might say that one. I, not those words exactly, but they're trying to get what I'm, how I'm going to approach it. I say, well, I guess we'll find out. I have no idea most of the time, unless you're, you know, doing somebody who actually existed, uh, then you have to do a little research. But otherwise, you just, this business we're in is just taking the risk of possibilities mm -hmm. and not thinking about whether you're going to win or lose or be the best or the worst, but just simply the, the experience of doing it is really, in the end, what it's all about. It's what you learn from it. Mm -hmm. And that's what really, I think, what I learned most from Altman and from Ashby. They both had different personalities, different approaches, but they were going at it with, I don't know what this guy, I have no idea how this is going to turn out. Studios <laughs> 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 hate to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Were you aware of the studio kind of lurking in the background of, of Mash or? Was that a, oh, absolutely. He he talked about that with me. 
Mm. Um, he was sharing everything. He was just one. Uh, one of the things about him and Ashby is the same way. Is he embraces everybody, the cast, they both embraced the cast and the crew, and made them all feel engaged by giving them, asking them what they thought about something. What do you think? Is that too hot or is that too cold? And the person, everybody on MASH felt totally engaged. And probably I remember telling uh, Donald and Elliot, I said, about two weeks before we finished, I said, um, we're never going to have another experience like this one. Mm. And uh, they, they didn't really know what to make of that because they saw it differently. They were a little bit more orthodox in, in their approach. And uh, I couldn't explain what I meant by that because you'd have to have spent time with Altman. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so but, but by the time you returned with him on something like Thieves Like Us, obviously MASH had been... Uh, uh, a success. He was a critical uh, darling for some of the movies that he made up to that point. Was he the same Altman when he directed you again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. He just sort of, uh, I don't remember how that came about. I think it was just soon after. I think he did, what was ever that thing with Bud Court? Um, Brewster's, uh, Brewster's, Brewster McLeod. Yeah. And then he did McCabe, McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Oh, yes. I, I remember he wanted me to do something in McCabe that was, because I didn't do it, they cut the part out of it. Some, um, oh, God, I forgot what that was. Some sort of a guy who's describing it as it goes along, you know, describing the story. Mm. And one of these kind of silly moments. Uh, and I, I had another job, so I couldn't do it. But, um, I couldn't really get enough of that guy, you know. Altman, uh, Ashby was the same way. These guys were just waking me up every day and saying, come on, let's hop on that train and throw some coal on the fire and get this thing moving. Uh, and yeah. uh, and I'd say, I would never ask what direction are we going in and how fast do we want to go. I'd just jump on the train and see what what I got out of it. And I knew I would survive somehow with these guys. And... I just felt it was all a gift, to tell you the truth. Just an mm-hmm. all, all, the whole thing for me, my whole life I look at is, you know, and then and, uh, uh, Ridley, an alien. Mm. Whoa! The same thing, because these other guys, I mean, Altman in particular, because I'd been with him for several years, you know, that was all uh, me looking at that and saying, here I am with this this guy, Ridley, who I'd seen his work, uh, The Duelist, prior to um, doing Alien, so I knew what his capabilities were. He's a painter, master painter, and Renaissance in in terms of modern-day filmmakers. And, you know, just to have those experiences, mentoring at him, following him around, him throwing me off little tidbits as a teacher, saying, see how we do this, and the lighting goes down here. All this stuff is what these guys gave me. Mm. <laughs> Their own approach to it. And, oh, 
And I'm, I'm, and, and you were in the enviable, enviable position that you worked with both Scott brothers. Uh, yeah. and, and I'm wondering if you could kind of compare and contrast their, their style, their style of direction. Style of direction was pretty much the same. They both came off the same, you know, background in advertising and graphics artists and, um, uh, so I, I'm sure Tony was very influenced by his, his brother in terms of uh, the uh, master, the, the work they do. They both had that in them. They could do the master, this, the approach. And uh, so their, uh, their, their approach was very much the same. Mm. Get the most out of an airplane or get the most out of a... a um, monster without seeing them there's always that less is more with each one of them and that's the thing i learned with all four of these guys was less is more mm. I, I wanted to ask about your work with uh with with redford uh as director because i i feel that he as a director he is so smart about character and the the smallest details. I mean, I feel that watching his movies. Is he that kind of very observant director for you? Uh, he's that observant guy. I, I, first job I ever had, mind you, is was, I was in college at UCLA and uh, I wanted to do some uh, I wanted to learn how to write for an actor, and I thought I'd better do some theater so I knew what that was, because you can't write about something if you really haven't experienced it. There's like the hot, you know, you got to touch it. And I was soon doing a play, to, and to do a little Dollar Mandy movie where I met Redford. Hmm. And I met Sidney Pollack at the same time when he was still an actor on this little film. So that's where I go back, was to Redford and his sensibilities, and uh, the quietness of, of the way he went about his success. Um, we're both somewhat similar in that we absorb a lot of things around us. You know, we look mm. at them. Uh, we don't just uh, try to show up in the middle of a shot for a close-up. We see it quite differently. And uh, he, he uh, in his filmmaking, I started going back to ordinary people. Uh, He's very aware of the people, yeah. As you say, he's very aware of the characters, and he really has a, a grasp of it. And that's another one of those inexplicable things that we carry with us and show only when we do the work. Yeah. You are so blessed to have, to have come up at the time when you did. I yeah. mean, you, you work with such extraordinary people at... And extraordinary work came out of those experiences that that last uh, last forever. And and that leads to my last question: Is there a film of yours that you feel is under the radar that deserves more attention? Well, God, I've never been asked that. I I don't really know. Um, God, I'd have to think about that. I know there are, there's a couple that I underestimated myself, which was Turning Point, which is the, 
between uh, Alien and MASH, mm-hmm. uh, which turned out to be very successful, and, you know, a couple of nominations, that kind of thing. That was um, Herbert, Herbert Ross, wasn't it? That was Herb Ross, and I worked with him again on, on uh, Steel Magnolias. Yeah. <clears throat> and both of these, I thought, well, God, did he? I love, I love, I love these kind of films, but will they do okay in the marketplace? Always that evaluation. You can't help but feel that way, and to some extent. And uh, yes, they did. So I think um, I can't really say that they were underrated, though. I, I, I just don't know. Offhand, I do, I can't answer that question. Well, that's okay. You, you you did a great job otherwise. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like, you know, I'm just one lucky guy. 